Welcome, 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 welcome to Performing Manhood, the podcast. We talk life from a Christian male perspective. My name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher, and I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. And uh, we're glad you're here. Do you think our music is overused? Do you think we need new music? No, that music gets <laughs> everybody going. All right, cool. This is the music that there's, I started ask. there's a, there's a handful of songs when I hear the start of, I'm like, Oh, sweet. We're ready to fight. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. Whoa. Living on a prayer. You get there, right? Yeah. yeah they Absolutely. get you there. Phil yeah. Collins. Anything Phil Anything Collins. Anything Phil Collins gets you there. It could be Tarzan. Tarzan and you're, you're ready to fight. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Phil Collins yeah. knows what's up. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Bret Hart's entrance music. <laughs> Bana, bana. Yeah, oh yeah, let's go fight. Yeah. Stone Cold, you just hear the glass crash and don't out, don't out, a little bit on that one. But get you there though. There's 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 a handful and I believe I believe we're well on our way to making that that intro riff to being that for the fellas out there. It's already that for me. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> That's why it's my intro music and wrestling. That's right. We 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 cuz it gets you there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. So we are in a series. We're in the last week of our of our series on maxims for men. Four manly maxims. Manly men. Manly men. That's right. That's what we called it the first week. Yeah. Anyways. Don't don't sing the song. Everybody hates it when you sing that <laughs> stupid song. Those are not manly men. Those are worldly. men. It's a funny song. Yeah, you're an idiot. Um. So maxim one. Do you remember pop quiz? Maxim one is uh manly men. Manly men do manly things. Dude, you nailed it. <laughs> I know some stuff. I listen yeah. to our podcast. No, you don't. No, I don't. <laughs> you were you were there when the deep magic was written, Rich. <laughs> Why would I listen to it? <laughs> I started playing it for my boys on the drives sometimes when I'm and like, they love us. They, yeah, they think we're hilarious. They're, they're cracking up and they're putting their iPads down to listen. They know we're cool. Yep, they know. Uh, so yeah, we manly men do manly things, and again, we we talked basically in a nutshell. We, you grow up from being a boy to a man. That's the manliest thing you can do. And then we talked about the ways you can do that. What Ma- about number two? Do you remember? No, I'm asking you. Oh, do I remember? Yeah, manly men tend their fields. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel that, like you read it. Was that two or three? That was two. Because number it. three was manly men make manly men. That's right. That was last week. Where we build we, men. Build, build manly it. men. Yeah. We make disciples. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is final week, week four. And I guess we could come up with another mantra or two of our own, but we were busy ripping these off from Mansfield's book of manly men by Stephen Mansfield. Um, yeah. Pretty good little read. Although I've not read it. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't recommend it. It's a good it. book. It's the best book he's never read. Mm-hmm. He still gets together and never reads it sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we honestly just read those maxims and uh, and ripped them out of the pages and made them our own. So I, we I have no idea what that guy talks about. Nothing else in that book do I know. I don't even know what these how he covers these maxims. We don't even know who he is. Never heard of him. Got a cool stash. If that's him, I don't think that's him though. <laughs> Hang on, let me crack this cover. See if there's a real picture of him in there. Nope, no pictures. Nothing. Terrible book. Terrible book. What kind of book doesn't have pictures? The Bible. Some of them have pictures. Oh, okay, good. Just the blasphemous ones with. <laughs> First Commandment violations. Second Commandment. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Manly men live to the glory of God. What does that mean? 
That means we live to the glory of God. Did you have a did you have like a working definition? Did you write down a working definition? That's what I'm asking. I'm asking you. You're being interviewed. Like here. in my daily life or Yeah, what does it mean to live to the glory of God? Uh I to obey God. Definitely o- obedience to him is living for his glory. That's so thoughtful. Thank you. Insightful. I feel like you're prepared for hours for this podcast. <laughs> we prepared for a solid five minutes. <laughs> it's true. He's not wrong. He's you not wrong. You know what Charles Spurgeon says? I'd love to know what Charles Spurgeon says. I always want to know what Charles Spurgeon says. <laughs> you know, they said he was the last of the Puritans, and he said, no, I'm training more Puritans. My phone scared me. Yeah, I wish you'd turn it off so we could run a podcast here. Go ahead. Um, Everybody in podcast land is waiting. Question number two in his catechism. Yeah. Oh, sorry. These oh, my weird. goodness. What rule has God given us to teach us how we may glorify and enjoy him? Because we're to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. So what rule has he given us to learn how to do that? The word of God that's contained in the scriptures, the Old New Testament. It's the only rule to teach us how we may glorify God and enjoy him. It's true. We got to go to the got to go to the scriptures to know how to how to glorify God. Um. In a simpler sense that has been, I guess I've been working through with my boys in this question. I asked them, how do you glorify God? And the answer, we keep it pretty simple. You say love God and obey God. Yeah. See, I know your catechism questions. What up? (laughs) Love God and obey God. We did talk for five minutes before this. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's, that's what I teach my kids. That's how I tell them that that's how I glorify God is I love him and I obey him. And so that gets us to, I guess, the follow-up question, which is, how, how do you do that then? How do you love God and obey God? Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Now we're into the meat <laughs> of the podcast. Yes, sir. Because um, if you're to live to the glory of God, then we want to make sure men know how to do that. Mm. Um, and so uh, the first part of, let's just let's just talk about loving God. Um, this is, uh, um, you're in a, uh, a relationship, a covenant relationship with God Almighty. If you are indeed born again, you're in a covenant relationship. And so, uh, love is part of it. Um, so just like the covenant marriage, um, it's going to be personal and it's going to be public. You know, um, the guy who would be ashamed to hold his hand's wife in public is, uh, not really good at being married to her. You know what I mean? Hold his wife's hand. Is that what I said? You said hold his hand's wife. Sometimes I get a little listestic, <laughs> dyslexic. Hold his wife's hand in public. Yeah. If he's ashamed to to let people know we are married, if he won't wear that wear a ring um, that says we are in covenant, if she won't, I'm not ashamed. Whoever you are out there, you call me. That's right, ladies. Listening I'll hold your hand in to a men's podcast. I'll hold your hand in public. I don't care. <laughs> she might be like a. Never mind. I'm just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> Unless you have man hands, I don't want to hold your man hands. <laughs> Nobody wants man hands, but. But maybe, <laughs> maybe you, if you don't have man hints, Trevor Cowan, single, ready to mingle on at the real Trev Cowan on the TikToks. Find That's him. That's my name. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, also, like uh, like uh, Charles Spurgeon says, if we're going to know how to love God and obey God, we have to know His Word. That's right. Yeah, we have to get into the Bible so we can know how to love him rightly, and uh, and that's that's part of making it personal, right? And so uh, there's a personal side to the covenant, and there's a public side, um, and so so step one, if you're, if you're going to love God well, you're going to read His Word, you're going to spend time committed to Scripture, mm. and 
I'll be honest, I've never successfully made it through one of those read, read your Bible in a year plans. You did it this year, right? Nope. No, you're just doing the Old Testament? Just doing the Old Testament. Oh, and we're in the same spot. Yep. And I'm trying to read through it in this year. Yeah. We're probably on the same reading plan. I just don't do the New Testament reading. I'm not on a reading plan. Oh, no? I'm just trying to read through it in a year. I just started Leviticus. Between January. Well, yeah. actually, I started in December. Me too. <laughs> my plan was for January through December. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I just started Leviticus and, uh, and it's a beating trying to find I'm why. Almost to the end of Exodus. Good on you. Yep. Um, but, but like I said, I've never made it through one of those read, read your Bible in a year plans. You have read your whole Bible though. I've read the whole thing. Yes. Let's make that clear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to be clear on that. I've read every book, every, every chapter. I've read it, read it all. Um, listened to it multiple times. And, uh, so, so I've done that. I've just not committed to doing the one year plan and, uh, not successfully anyways. I've started that one year plan. I don't know, three or four times. And this is about the place I get. <laughs> I've only read Song of Solomon once. I don't blame you. It's a little <laughs> rare. <laughs> You're not ready to, I believe, as uh, Solomon says, uh, unlock the passion. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Oh, you're ready, but but it's not good for you to unlock the passion right now. So, yeah, man, listen, uh, you, you want to love God, you want to glorify God, you got to read his word. Uh, make it personal. Read it yourself. Don't just uh, be like the baby bird waiting for uh, mama to come and spit that regurgitated worm into your mouth um Gross. yeah chew, go go chew your food be a big boy get some steak yeah steak's good um so By yeah steak, i mean go to the word yourself go to the word yourself you're a man it's the word you will go it's a, it's a man that's right you're a man all right next thing is is prayer right um mm-hmm. part of being in a relationship is talking and listening um we listen to god by reading our bible and we talk to him by prayer and so you've, uh, you've talked about the valley of vision yeah it's good uh so it's this book of prayers Here's the good and the bad of it. All right. It's written in like Shakespearean English. And so, uh, so that's good because it's poetic, but also it's bad because it's poetic, you know? Um, but here's the beauty of it. Um, I have to slow down. I can't just run through that prayer time. I have to slow down. I actually rewrite it in the MIV, the Mike International version. Um, and then, then my prayer time means something. It's not just me running through my list of, people to pray for and things going on in my life but it's it's kind of led by this what is he puritan i guess yeah Anyways, puritan prayers yeah puritan, puritan prayers. prayers and so it's le- led by the, these guys who are thinking deep thoughts that i don't always swim in the deep waters and so it gets me out there um and it gets me digesting those those tougher things and then expressing those things to god in my own words and so so i recommend that some people are just good at prayer I'm not. I'm not disciplined. I'm not. Like the Puritans. Yeah, they were good at it. So since they were good, let's lock in. Let's use what they've used and stand on the shoulders of giants, you know? I have a book of common prayer. It's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, it's got prayers in it. Like How that. is it? I have not read it. Own it, but I've never read it. <laughs> Best it book from, you never owned or you never Davis. read. <laughs> got it from Davis. Thanks, Davis. I have uh, read val- some of the Valley Vision, though. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet. Yeah. Um, but... All right, so uh, again, we're making it personal. You wanna you wanna glorify God, make it personal. Read your Bible, prayer, um, worship. Worship should be personal. Yeah. Um. So your own little push, personal worship time. This doesn't happen every day for me. This is probably more of a weekly occurrence. Um. But also, yeah, there should my personal worship should happen when the church is worshiping as well. Mm, yeah. And so that gets into the public side of things, right? Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, Joe Thorne in his book, uh, which one is it? Life of the Church? Heart of the Church? Character of the Church. 
He talks about worship in there. Yeah. He talks about ways we should worship and things we should do in worship. Yeah. I recommend that. I recommend all three of those books. They're good little little books. They're little tiny books. They're fun to read. Yeah. Um, but he talks about that. He talks about worship in there. Yeah, up there. I don't remember which one it is. Okay. Um, but then uh, Joel Beek also talks about uh, pers- uh, family worship. Oh, yeah. Um, he talks a lot about family worship. Yeah, if you have a family, you should you should uh, have a regular time of leading them in worship. And this is not a, I guess, American concept. We gather, you know, mm-hmm. that that we we don't we don't even think in these terms often. And so, what does this mean? This means yeah, getting your, gathering your fam- family, circling them up, and then, uh, well, doing what you see at church: sing a song, open scripture, explain it, pray. That's it. It's not. Yeah. It's not incredibly complicated, uh, but men, we that that is one of the ways that we need to be glorifying God is is in family worship. I've I've uh, had conversations with single guys about this, talking about family worship and not knowing what that looks like for us. Yeah. Um. And trying to figure that out, and uh, I was talking to a friend the other day, he just talked about how uh, he's just trying. Like he wants to be prepared for when he has a family, and so he's just trying. Yeah. Um, he said it's super awkward right now living with his family that does not, does not do family. Doesn't worship. participate. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he said he's not completely sure what that looks like either. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I can tell you if you start when your kids are young, then, uh, right now I've got teenagers in the room and they, they still get it. Okay. This is what we do. Here's, we, we're going to sing a song. We're going to do this, this scripture, this Bible verse, this Devo, whatever. Um, then we're going to. Talk and pray. And so, anyways, uh, fellas, men, dads, step up. Grandparents, mm-hmm. step up and, uh, and and do some family worship. And so this brings us into the, the public part of worship, uh, of, of uh, glorifying God. And going to church is part of that. Mm, so, yeah. Men, get yourself a church. If you're not going, um, what's a nice way to say it? I, get your freaking butt to church. Get your butt to church. Yep. Repent. And take your family to church. That's right. Get your butt to church. That's uh, that's as nice as we can say it, fellas. Not going to church is uh, is one of the first things that happens when people either uh, weren't going for the right reasons, weren't going because they're saved, or were never saved, and so they're they're tired of doing this drudgery, this discipline that gets them nothing. And so, if that's you right now, fellas, and you uh, you say you're a Christian, you listen to a Christian podcasts, but you don't have a church home. It's time to, uh, yes, time to repent, time to go to church, get your butt there. This is part of how you glorify God is, is by glorifying God with the saints at church. Yep. Um, another part of public worship of glorifying God is singing in church. This one, uh, I'll be honest, it may not be a big issue now, but when I was growing up, this was a big deal. The men did not sing in Baptist churches in South Texas. Not even the low parts? No, nothing really. Uh, huh. They would kind of stand there and uh, respectfully read the words. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, uh, I guess, stoic. But uh, I was not a man. I was a kid and I was belting that crap out. <laughs> <laughs> huh. And uh, and so men, if, if this is what you grew up in, there's, there's a better way. Did uh, it at least sound like a, like a, Monastery chants like nothing, maybe, but I couldn't hear them. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I'm standing next to you. If I can't hear you, you're not really singing, right? Nope, that's true. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so man, we we need to sing in church. We need to lead our family in singing, and uh, and I don't sing well, uh, so you don't have an excuse either. <laughs> Take that, suckers. Sorry, guys. Um, and then uh, another part of publicly glorifying God is sharing your faith. This is something that isn't done well in the United States. Yeah, in the, in the U.S. Our friends in other places, uh, our friends in other places, y'all are probably good at this. So uh, feel free to, uh, uh, I guess, go to the the Facebook page and give us some comments on how it works. Right? We do have people listening from other countries. I would like to know what it's, yeah. what it's like there. Yeah, and if uh, if there happens to be a smoking hot little female in Ireland with an accent, girl, yeah, you know who to call, Trev <laughs> Cowan, the real Trev Cowan. <laughs> Uh, but also, uh, our friends in Australia, he gets those accents confused all the time. So either one. <laughs> Anyways, share your faith. All right. In America, we don't do this well. In fact, the latest stats that I read were something like 4% of proclaiming Christians share their faith. That means only 4% take Jesus's call to go and tell the nation seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Only 4% are obedient. We've got 90 6% of Christians being disobedient to the words of Jesus. And so there's probably a high likelihood that some people listening, some of the men listening are in that camp and we want to say, it's okay. It's not okay to keep doing that, but it's okay to repent of that and take Jesus words seriously. And in fact, we will help you. You guys contact us and we'll help you learn to share your faith. We're not great at it, but we're pretty good at being obedient. And so hit us up. We'll we share. We'll tell you how, how we do it. And, uh, if, how it's better than your way of not doing it. <laughs> um, so share your faith. That's important. Um, and then, uh, and then we take our faith to the public square as well. Um, we, we do hard things in the public square because we are Christian men. And if we don't, who's going to the world, the, they're going to yeah, do evil. The feminists sure are going to speak up, right? <laughs> yep. Um, the, uh, yeah, you name the, the other camp of this world, they're going to speak up. They're going to be loud. And uh, and hateful, and we need to be men who stand up and take it, mm. <laughs> and speak up for for and, for what is good and right, and, and what not is allow God evil honoring. to happen. That's right, not allow evil to happen. That's that's important because if we don't fight those battles, I don't, I don't know that anybody's going to. Yeah. And so uh, so so take a stand in the public square for what is God honoring. It does and, not glorify God for babies to be killed, yeah. and so we stand against abortion. And stop believing the lie that you don't have a place in the community because you're a believer. That's right. Believers have a place. We have, um, I mean, this, this, this is, this is our creator's world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to glorify God personally. Uh, we're going to glorify God publicly. Um, we're going to obey God. We're going to do it fully. That's the other part about about glorifying God is it it is it is obeying God it's loving God it's obeying God and so when we obey God we obey him fully so what's a what's an example of uh of you not obeying God fully give us a good little trevi story of a time when you just you didn't obey God fully I feel like you have an example in your head I, I don't I've got nothing I feel like you do <laughs> I feel like there's something you want me to say and I don't know what it is <laughs> I got nothing. Go ahead. Why don't you start? I need an example. You need an example of not obeying God fully. Um, I really feel like you have something in your head. You no, I have nothing. Say. Okay, so at uh, 
one of the trips uh, Trev and I took to the river. Went to the river and uh, and there's it's it's way out in the middle of nowhere, and so people got to try to get there. And when we pulled up, there there was a there's another group there or whatever, and so they were camping, and we pulled up our camp, and we had you know several trucks of camping and and gear and whatnot. And uh, anyways, we're standing around, we get to talking to them, and and this guy's like, uh, um, so what do you guys do? I told him, yeah, but we're church planners, we're pastors, and he's like, oh man, that's cool. I work for a uh, a military. You remember what it was? It was like, yeah, he worked for uh, he worked for like the VA or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, yeah. Um, helping helping PTSD. Uh, yeah, PTSD guys, right? And uh, and he was like, man, my, my my I just I'd love to pick your brain. I got some questions about about what it means to 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 follow God. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's talk. And he said, well, um, yeah, cool. I said, I'm not afraid of questions. Let's go. My Jesus is the truth. So let's talk. He said, cool. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. Let's talk tomorrow. And, and I let him off the hook. Now, I, I, I don't know if that wasn't obeying God fully, uh, but I wanted to share the true gospel. I felt like he had a, a kind of a works mentality in what he had shared. And I didn't press one more time, you know? And so I felt like I had pressed the, the envelope and, and pushed the gospel button several times. And I didn't press one more time. I should have just said, well, where y'all have to go. That's so important. I can get you there. Like, let's sit down. Let's talk about the gospel. Let's talk about what this means and the implications on your life. And instead I I let him off the hook and said, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. He said, well, we'll be here for three days. So I'll come back tomorrow. And so I just kind of let him off the hook and I didn't press fully into it. And there wasn't a, uh, I guess, a sense of urgency. Like, like if I don't talk to him now, I'm not going to talk to him again, which is what happened. He never came back, right? And so um, without that sense of urgency of, dude, I, I don't know if I'll ever see this guy again. He's he's agreeing to talk more, but I didn't press those hard questions. I didn't do that hard thing right there and then. And so my, did I, was it still living to the glory of God? Yeah, but it, but I, it was, I don't know, not fully. Does that make sense? I should have gone one step further. Yeah, I guess so. I I have a, I have one example that I can think of. Sweet. I still don't know if it's the one you want. I don't have anything I'm in my mind. There's something you have. <laughs> we uh, uh whenever I went to uh Vietnam, Southeast Asia, whatever I'm supposed to say. Um, I believe uh Viet freaking Nam. That's the one. Yeah, uh, Viet freaking Nam. <laughs> uh we were there for 6 weeks, I think. I think it was 6 weeks. It was a long time. Um it's a long time. It was a long time for me. I'd never been away from home that long. And uh um the first week that we were there, um we thought like we thought we were supposed to be inviting people to these English classes and then in these English classes like this is a communist country, I don't know how these things work. In these English classes we'd be using Bible stories to teach them English, but also sharing the gospel and all of that. So I yeah. thought we're inviting them to opportunities to share the gospel. That's right. what I thought we were doing. Um, and we talked to, I don't even know how many people that first week was it more 10? people. No, 20. I don't know. 25. I still don't know. <laughs> okay. I do know it was more people in the first week than we talked to the rest of the time we were there. Oh, okay. Um, like, so that first week we just going from person to person, inviting them to English classes. We talked to a bunch of people, mm. um, talked to some people that I really, really wish I would have shared the gospel with, mm. um, because I could see they have no hope. Mm. Um, and uh by the end of the week when nobody showed up to our english classes feeling uh 
Like I suck. <laughs> because we went an entire week and didn't share the gospel with anybody. Right. And uh um part of it was just not understanding, hey, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Right, 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 right. Um but also like hey, that guy that had no friends and no eyes, he actually well he had one eye. His other eye was out. It freaked me out when I saw him. I bet. Um but he always talked to he, he talked to us about how people look at him differently and um how he mm. had no friends and stuff and that's somebody I really would have liked to share the gospel with and give him Didn't hope. Get to it, yeah, but never happened. Yeah, I think both cases, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, we live, we learn, and we we recognize. Oh, I was, I was, I was halfway in now because I thought I'd be fully in later when I really needed to be fully in in that situation right there and then. Yeah. Um, and and I believe that's what we're talking about. Um, we, when we come to obey God, we need to obey Him fully. I, you know, I've talked about this with my kids before, but, uh, we'll ask them if they've done their chores and they've done three out of the four. And so the answer is yes, I did chores. I did some chores. Yeah. No, no, no. Did, but, but did you do all four of them? You know what I mean? And so did you do, are you hundred percent on these chores? And if you did them, did you do them the right way? Not, not just, you know, checking it off. And so I believe that's what we need with our obedience to God as well. We need to be fully in. We need to do it all the way um, and live with an urgency. And I think that's what will uh, help, that urgency of, I don't know if I'm going to get another bite at this apple. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get another swing. So I'm going to swing for the fences this time right now. And uh, and what what comes whatever comes happens, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. And, uh, and so does that, does that mean you don't get another swing later? Maybe swinging for home runs every time, every time swing, Merrill swing, like on signs, just there's everywhere. no strikeouts in this. Game. Nah, no strikeouts. It's all home run swings. Yeah. I like that. And so, yeah, so we want to live to the glory of God. We want to love God fully. We want to obey him fully. We want to, to live with a sense of urgency in, in mind. Um, and and also this needs to affect our thinking as well. We need to glorify him in our thinking. Um with yeah, with with your thinking, men, with what you put in your brain and how you think even, we need to glorify God. And so we need to live with eternity in mind, right? Yeah. Well, I think yeah, with eternity in mind, with with what happens after we're gone in mind. Mm. Um uh, we we both grew up in in I don't know I don't know if churches is church cultures yeah. that said, Oh, come Jesus, come. We're waiting for the end. Right, right, Things right. Things are getting worse and I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is still a pretty popular thing in the States. It right? is really popular where we live. Yeah. Um, and it's not good. No. In that you you don't you don't plan well. Right? Yeah. And so you're like, Well, I'm the last generation, so what do I care what happens to my great grandkid? You don't even think yeah. about them. They're not on your mind. Yeah. Why would, why would I go to college if, uh, all this is going to be over and before my lifetime is over? Yeah. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I literally had this thought before. It's like, why would I recycle? God's going to end this world soon anyways and start all over. And so I can just mess with Texas and throw my trash on the ground. Don't mess I know. with Texas. Blasphemy, right? <laughs> but that's what that mindset of, of, of come Lord Jesus come. That's where it got me. It's like, okay, well clearly all these preachers are saying we're, we're near the end. They've got all these 
um, Old Testament quotes and signs. And so, so surely we're near the end. And, and so, uh, why recycle, <laughs> right? Why consider the legacy I leave behind when, when it's not going and going to be here much why, longer? Why you know? consider your kids, much less your grandkids or their grandkids or right. their grandkids after them? Right, right. And so it left me being basically, uh, disobedient to, I believe it's Proverbs that says, um, a good man leaves an inheritance to his grandkids. Like, whoa, hadn't thought about my grandkids. And, and honestly, I don't think a lot of men think about their grandkids or their great grandkids. Mm-hmm. And so, so, uh, so make it personal. Like, all right, how am I going to raise my kids so that they will raise their kids to follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we need to live for. We need to raise our kids in those ways. And you start looking at that and it, and it, 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 it puts some perspective on some stuff, right? And so does it, does it matter if, if we miss a t-ball game? Not if I'm trying to raise my kids to love and follow Jesus and t-ball game is on Sunday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, can you miss a Sunday? Sure. This isn't, Jesus ain't upstairs checking roll and putting stars on things. Um, but it but, really makes you evaluate what you're missing that Sunday for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and if it matters. Yep. Um, because, cause and I, I said this before about, um, Honestly, I've said it about baptism, right? And so it doesn't matter when, when I, when I've got a, a kid, a, let's just call him an, an, a fifth grader coming to Jesus, wants to get baptized. Um, I try to always encourage the father to baptize them because I don't know that they're going to know me in 10 years, but I do think they're going to know their dad in 10 years. Mm. And so, so living with eternity in mind says, I want this baptism to matter. Let's, let's train up the dad <laughs> then to be able to do this. And, and pass that on and, and, and have this legacy moment in their family when, uh, so when the guy's a teenager and, uh, struggling with, uh, sin or whatever it is, his dad can say, but you remember when I baptized you, son, didn't that mean anything? And, and there's this moment in the family that matters, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you with milk, right? There's something with milk. What about me with milk? Yeah. One of your siblings wanted milk. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you told your mom to give him milk and not a boob or something like that. You know what I'm, <laughs> oh you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do, but <laughs> how did you know that story? You've told it before. It's this moment in your life and in your family that defined you because it happened in your family, right? So now tell it. The quick version. <laughs> my sister. Okay. My my sister was breastfed. She was nursing. And apparently okay. I was a little kid and... uh I don't know how you know this. <laughs> You've told and me. Apparently, I was a little kid, and uh, my uh, my mom was going to feed my sister, and I was like, "No, no, that's a, that's not a bottle. That's a booby." <laughs> and I started handing her bottles. Yeah, yeah. So you don't remember this? No. But it's in your family, and it's Lord. It's affected who you are and how you treat things. You don't even remember telling some people this story. <laughs> nope. That you've told, right? Uh, we want that with baptism. We want that with your kids having these moments that are spiritual moments that matter down the road. Um, that they may not remember, but they know it's true. They know it's real because inside your family, you tell these things. And so that's what baptism, that's what I wanted for baptism as well with kids. Um, but that's what I want for my kids. Um, not just for, for silly things like the bottle, but, but Jesus, right? Um, I want a legacy of following Jesus, loving Jesus, um, so that they love and follow Jesus and train their kids to love and follow Jesus. So my grandkids are following Jesus and they're training their kids my great grandkids to love and follow Jesus. So, yep. 
So think about those things. Eternity yeah. in mind. And so does it matter if you make get your get your I don't know, get those extra hours in so you can have that extra vacation? Maybe. Um, because family time's important, but but I also know guys who brag about all the vacation time that they don't spend. Um mm. and that's when your kids are young and influential influenced and need you. So be there. Yeah, that's good. Cool. All right, fellas. I think that wraps us up. Live to the glory of God. Be a manly man and live to the glory of God. All right. Let's uh, continue the conversation. Go over to our Facebook group, Performing Manhood, and uh, we can talk more about this. Um, and uh, you guys engage in that group if you see somebody commenting or posting in there. Um, also, don't forget to uh, like, share, and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. All right, fellas, my name is Mike Watt. I'm the Lucha Preacher. And I'm Too Sweet Trevor Cowan. You guys be sweet and show Jesus later. Later. Later.